for for pretty major discussion is how do we support community members through communications conflicts that are are putting them at direct risk from trafficking pathways um because what happens is that the 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 people disabled by traffickers then end up having to say wow we are only capable of hurting one another. I guess we have to just go away. And it's always a communications problem that is solved with a context of a caring group dialogue. Um, and so anybody who is a community member who can show up for a caring group dialogue to hold space in certain simple ways, um, suddenly that doesn't have to happen anymore. And uh, like the massive rate at which people are saying to one another, wow, we're severely disabled people who seem only capable of harming one another. What is that about? Um, trafficking um, methodology pits people against one another, disabled people in ways that bring them into unnecessary confrontations with one another if they don't have a community environment that supports them both. Um, I like to reference this document, um, Thich Han um, Plum Village. There's something on the internet. I hope it's still there. I hope we saved it somewhere. Um, it, it's called like Plum Village Conflict Resolution Document or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's their process for showing up as a community in support of perhaps two individuals who are in some kind of conflict, like primarily holding respectful space to listen to both of them and just be supportive, like non-specifically supportive, like like to like like holding the intention of knowing that we are part of the same ecosystem and we want things to be better and we want to be helpful instead of harmful. And just like being in connection because what communities are forced to do what individual groups are, are forced to do in circumstances of severe disability is like there are these sudden traumatic rifts that cannot be repaired only because it's on the people directly in the situation to repair it but if there is a community structure that that shows up and cares about that situation in a respectful way um, according to the languages and needs of the people in the traumatic situation the, there's there's amazing easy solutions when, when we're respectful of one another but a lot of these systems make money if we don't respect one another and that's that's like legal level systems and non-legal level systems like however we want to say that um um the, the, the perpetrators and and um overt criminals and then we have like systemic policy things that are that are gray areas and they're like they're in normal mainstream world and so like they're 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 on the up and up sort of <laughs> but a lot of them unfortunately are not so it's like there's blatant illegality and i don't know what words to use We're not sure where the life-affirming parts of those structures are, but we know they're there. It's gotten really murky about what is the respectful um, like dialogue-based activities that are going on in all of these systems um, where people are really showing up and doing their best work and, and um, finding the pitfalls of different kinds of policymaking and um, like um, work 
environment culture kinds of things that people just like are forced to figure out how to navigate and they don't know what the root of it is or and they don't they don't necessarily realize what's interconnected with what and a lot of that is emerging now in some pretty major ways like people are really finding out um and and so like we have the opportunity to make better discernments together about what we want those structures to look like like what is the most life affirming honorable way to do this particular work or or hold this kind of environmental space i think i'm really feeling into i don't know that i have any profound things to say about this but i'm feeling that the energies of um like what you were describing max and the plum village conflict resolution document um and I, I, I'm not, I haven't read this document, but I'm um, familiar with Palm Village and and some of the en the energy and the the vibe there, um, which 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 I have a lot of respect for, um, and uh, and just sort of like these ways of of dealing with conflict resolution that sometimes is coming in from like a a really neutral place that can be really important and other times that supposed neutrality sort of creates false equivalencies in our racist power dynamics that um that need to be directly attended to um and i um i think this is one of the things that i've picked up on some of the things that you've sent over brendan um and, and been engaged um and i I'm like, yeah, I'm like really feeling into sort of these different ways that we can be in generative conflict with each other that embraces that generative conflict um, and um, and is, is very much acknowledging power differentials and um, in that process. Um, and that there's a different types of skillfulness that's involved in navigating um, and being in, with generative conflict in, in a way that's that's very awake to to the power um, plays um, that are that are going on and yeah there's some there's some um, what am I trying to say I don't know what the words are. But the, the energy of, of navigating or being with generative conflict with and without an a, awareness of the power dynamics is really significant, I think, to, to sort out. Yeah, I could say something on that. I think there's also a similar thing with dialogue, even when it's from a not necessarily from a starting place of conflict or it's more about people's inner conflicts or just talking through things. There's also like dialogue among people with very unequal power positions and so on is not just neutral. Uh, it's it, whether it's extremely intense conflict or more just talking through things, there's a, that's a thing. And I want to say I like as a person helping others like whether as a caregiver or in any capacity where I for sure have more power in different ways both 
in like a bunch of different respects, like being able-bodied, being able to, uh, having a lot lower risk of like of being interpreted. I mean, and this is marginal, but being interpreted as, you know, needing to be locked up or something because I can, as opposed to the more someone has disabilities or trauma or pain or all these different uh, marginalization of on all these levels the more risk and the more power dynamic problems there are and the more other people are uh, not wanting them to be safe or free and all these things and but and also even without in addition or kind of another layer of it even without a lot of differentials and all those things it's like we yeah like not having someone without housing all these things so this applies to like degreed professionals and also all kinds of helping roles and it can be mutual too but it's where when no one else in the world is helping or it's minimal and someone's like extreme uh, dealing with extreme basically structural violence and lack of access it, it can turn into being of like in practice it's a it could be oppressive it's not like an equal dynamic and i don't know there's something about this that i think is important like what i mean i have like a visual it's like there's a sense in which oppression or harm structural harm or whatever it's called kind of flows down like the frontline helpers or professionals who are helping people in extreme distress are both often in kind of oppressive situations themselves or constrained conflicted like not not okay overwhelming and then but it's like even more extreme for uh, for the people being helped or not helped or harmed by the circumstances. And then going up the layers of people with more power, everyone is like in a some kind of constrained situation, even if it's what will my colleagues think of me or I'll lose my job or their policies. And like the whole system is like a, I mean, some people want a bunch of these things in place, like keeping people silenced and not believed and so on, but even with that, it's like this convoluted mess for everyone, I think, at this point. <laughs> so especially as more people are talking about their experiences and calling all the stuff out, it, 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 something needs to change. And I think there somehow more of a whole story lens helps. And a lot of these uh, approaches to doing all kinds of things are either one-on-one -on -one or a small group. And a lot of these things have not really been applied to looking at the specifics of larger dynamics. Like once people talk about social structure, it's like a blur in people's minds often as opposed to like, okay, there's a hundred different people or 500 different people that could be identified, you know, on different boards and in different positions and with different ranges of beliefs and capacities. And that's kind of how I'm thinking about all this. And it's, it's like where it's like a puzzle where how to like find the way through to like actually 
not just generative conflict, but like add liberation and resources or transformation, situation transformation, how to bring about situation transformation. Yeah, yeah and I think in, um, implied in my understanding of generative conflict is that whole liberation system transformation component to it. Like that's part of, I don't know if you're familiar with the frameworks around generative conflict. Um, yeah, it's just, not. it's just not happening. And there's no, like I'm not getting any recognition from anyone about the link between, it's like people are dying all the time that don't want, who don't want to, because of really oppressive and messed up situations where they really just need, it, it's like a reconfiguration. It's not like, oh, there aren't enough resources. Um, like these situations where we've even identified like land, but then because the organizations and professionals in a whole state are not helping and are actually actively trying to cause problems, it's like, it doesn't have to be this way. But it's like, there's no, I don't see any recognition, really, I mean, I don't want to overstate it, but for the most part, there's not really, it's not like, oh, this is happening, let's talk about it even. I mean, it's not, we are, but I mean, it's not like 10 people are here or, you know, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm very much hearing the, and understanding the context of it, it's like, it's not happening like where it's happening, it's it's um, like this little conversation here and this little conversation there, but not this bigger, um, there's a lot of it's not happening going on. Many people really have like a, a thought blocking interpretation of all this. It's like, there's nothing like it's impossible and only gradual change is possible. It's not actually possible to transform situations or come together or it's too complicated or messy or, I mean, this is like what I, many people hold different versions of these beliefs, like sort of, it's like a pessimism about near-term change. And I found that this maps onto this ideal theory thing from John Rawls uh, from uh, like that basically there's no guidance for what to do until like circumstances are ideal and then there'll be ideal guidance for what to do <laughs> and stuff like that like these different frameworks that get taught to people and are just in the culture that yeah that seem like just academic theory but they're actually like literally what a lot of people are thinking, like how people, many people are thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see that in myself too. Like that is, um, there's a lot of unpacking to do there for sure. I feel it's really important for us to keep calling out that exactly what you describe are the known intentional results of the different kinds of, um, technology and marketing methodologies that have come to be widely in use. And it like, as more and more and more and more of them are out there and people are using them, it sort of becomes this ocean that we're swimming in of all of these different signals that are known to produce exactly what you described. Like your words were really excellent um, to, for, for certain descriptive purposes. Um, like people are affected that way until 
they are exposed to a kind of marketing signal that rises out of the ocean of signals that they have to decide whether responding to a certain signal um, is safe in their environment. And if they don't perceive that it's safe to respond to a certain signal in their environment, then they're, they're trying not to respond to it. And what they respond to is often by default, um, the signals from more privileged organizations that are able to access more media privilege and repeat a message more consistently in more powerful ways. Um, and it's really important for us to talk all the time about how everyday people can do a different version of those same methodologies that is life affirming and honorable um, that that disentrains us from the stuff that's been causing us to lose lose sensitivity towards one another, um, lose a sense of how to connect with one another. Like we can we can practice sending signals to one another and in environments that um, are more powerful than the marketing messaging. And if we're doing that, then we don't get entrained by the marketing messaging in ways that causes us to ignore tremendous suffering right under our noses in our own networks and communities and families and workspaces. How do we recondition all of ourselves to um, to step toward these um, to step toward collective resourcing that connects with all of these different situations? Not not even necessarily stepping towards any particular situation but looking for where is someone producing the interstitial resources that allow all of these individual isolated situations to benefit from the learning and the insights brought to those individual situations how do we make sure that the wisdom gets propagated through networks um, in at least as powerful a way as um, problematic things are being perpetuated through networks and affecting all kinds of communities. And when you look at interstitial resourcing, you look at media privilege and, and how, how or not, how or whether we are privileged to speak um, as, as private individuals or as a collective in ways that 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 can be powerful and meaningful um, and artful and and speak in in a way that really resonates, um, we've got a whole lot of people in 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 kind of privileged classes um, using those tools against the most vulnerable people. And as long as we allow that going on, we're all being entrained by it. We're all affected by the worst of the trauma that goes on. As long as we don't decide to do something about it. Like a lot of people have the privilege to ignore it, but um, that doesn't go on as long as people hope it will. So we can all be in this together. I mean, I think we can all think of stuff, like probably most people can think of stuff like I can of stuff I avoid, or there's just an unconscious avoidance of like, cleaning for example like I have to really push myself to engage with that and I think for a lot of people it's that applies to some of this stuff where it seems like just too complex or something Peter Singer's philosophies have become very widespread for a bunch of reasons and on the one hand some of what he was, to, I mean, basically, I think that connects to the way a lot of people think, because it's like, it's toward, okay, if we're going to think about 
helping people. Okay, everyone in the world is in need. So it's like utilitarian ethics, like there's billions of people in need. So uh, what's the best way to help the most people? Malaria nets, like if people are just thought of as bodies and not epistemic agents being oppressed by school and around the world and so on. And, and like and colonialism and all that or animals like helping animals because there's many animals and animal lives are equal to human lives or something i mean i don't it's complicated but then and then part of that whole mix of thinking is that people's uh, disabled people's lives are worth less because by definition disabled people are suffering from being different and it, it, uh, therefore, there uh, like it's makes sense to just triage people who are in a lot of distress, and even when it's situationally, it's situational, it's situationally imposed disabilities, or or changeable, like with pain, like when people could could get pain management that makes a difference, but they can't, and then it's like, oh, you're suffering too much, uh, you don't deserve to live. Oh, but you're not allowed to die, so we'll lock you up. And it's like all these like layers of so wasteful. So just like I mean, if you were gonna come up with a way, like if it's just there are so many parts of that process that are so needlessly wasteful. It's like um, we don't we don't even have to waste any energy blaming anybody about it. Let's just design a better way and stop people being funneled into this kind of destruction. Because when you look at it, it's so clear how much destruction it's causing. So we've got an eight-week workshop. So um, the eight-week workshop seems to be evolving as a kind of introduction to intuitive intensive. And I don't know how exactly we're going to frame it, but I mean that, that we keep coming back to that over and over again. Brendan, do you want to say some more words about what, it, what is needed um, in such an eight-week workshop and like what kind of people to find themselves um, really interested in being involved in that. I think that's something we can build out with more words, having discussed it. Yeah, for sure. And my answer to that overlaps with the one other thing I wanted to reply with what you said earlier, which is basically, I think more people engaging would be very helpful. And I think that Various people have some degree of audience or organizational credibility, like even small organizations or people that have mailing lists or uh, people who have some kind of Twitter followers or all these things can pretty quickly like put together a Zoom call that, you know, if it has a name and a description and so on a hundred or a thousand people will get on the call. And I think somehow, I mean, these, this series of calls is, it's more like us talking through things, but it's, I think I've, I've been thinking for like almost a year, like how to do one of the, how to sort of design a little more design than these conversations, but like these, you know, one or two hour Zoom events that has some presentation and some dialogue. Um, like I, I went to this Project Let's or attended or whatever this Project Let's uh, anti-carceral suicide care or suicidality care call yesterday or the day before. And 
<laughs> that's an example. It's like a hundred over a hundred people, and there was some presenting of things, but a lot of interaction and it would be like it went right into these intense topics. It's just it did not go into the depth of, like that we're talking or the angles that we're talking about here. The starting point of how like as one person supporting another, what are some of the complications like boundaries and capacity and all this. But uh, yeah, like these are these situations happen in societal context and usually people have been hurt a lot and betrayed and very few people will help and many people don't want to hear what they have to say about their experience and all these things and we're kind of talking about all these other pieces here that fit into that picture in many cases how do we describe um the kinds of support that people feel once they come into contact with um with with the subject material of the eight-week workshop so in terms of, of of having an introduction to intuitive intensive um since that's the way my brain is grabbing it most helpfully at the moment um what what are the benefits of interacting with this process i mean what are the reasons that that a person would want to um, be able to to learn how to respect and include people who, who have been most invisibly and violently intersectionalized in day-to-day -day community resourcing and community activities. Um, when we build our communities together so that they are safe and healthy, how do we make sure that living beings that have been most severely affected in previous paradigms are, are, are brought into a, a life honoring context. Um, everybody having some way to, to have access and, and be respected in that context. Um, what, what is useful about that to somebody who might move towards this? Well, I mean, it staves off a lot of um, extreme terrifying experiences. If you're in contact with people who have had certain kinds of experiences, you are, um, you 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 really are strengthened against the possibility of being surprised by something like that yourself. It, it's the way like um, wisdom is passed down through families multi generationally if they're not destroyed by trauma, um, and and wisdom travels through communities that are healthy and interacting with one another. So. I mean, somebody who might not come into contact with survivors of severity can learn so much um, that protects themselves and, and their families and their communities by, by having a community relationship um, with communities that have experienced extreme distress because that stuff tends to get lost and then people have to confront the same terrible experiences over and over and over again, and, and they can be prevented. Um, we can learn from these things instead of having to repeat them uh, over and over again. That, so that seems like a big thing for me. I think that's really important. I think one of the things that gets in the way of people feeling comfortable engaging with this whole range of things is just it's like it's the I don't know what to do it's like there's a set of basically bad options or non-solutions or just doing things the way they've been done and it's like 
there's the saying the devil you know versus the devil you don't know or something like people are more comfortable just doing what they're used to but or and one of the broad solutions to many of these problems is uh, i call it take a third option it's like figuring out a some unknown it's like it's like figuring out the unknown or an unknown option and kind of holding space to find that or discover it if that makes sense i feel like it's important also to say that people are already encountering the effects of all of this stuff in their communities it doesn't take the same shape it's like the ripple effect like how how does it how how does the wave hit your part of the coastline um but like it's already happening where people really need tool sets for being able to resolve conflict before the conflict happens. Um, and people really need tool sets to uh, navigate emotional processing. And um, when people go to find these things, there's a whole lot of stuff out there meant to persuade you to spend money when this should be a matter of common community wisdom that is shared inclusively for the good of the community, for the good of the ecosystem and the, 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 the entire environment that the living beings are in. Um, because when we do it that way, it, it's a much more natural process. And people are like beginning to wake up in all of these ways about how they've been cut off from the natural process, natural cycles of things, and they, they didn't realize it at all. Um, and so like when we tune in to survivors of these most extreme circumstances, we're getting in touch very quickly with um, what can solve seemingly smaller everyday problems that become really big invisible things that people hold in their bodies and nobody knows about. They can't solve them they're just denied resources for solving them but not if they're in touch with these kinds of communities so so part of what i'm feeling into with this and which includes like as you say max the the, the benefits of this eight-week program etc cetera, etc cetera, is that like healing the way that we disconnect from suffering and violence and for an example, like that's that is sort of a parallel, right? Like we're so disconnected from our food sources, and like even like especially like if um, the there's like an inherent there's a different type of like violence in in eating meat that um, that you. Um, that you that you sort of catch in the wild right verse and there's violence in that for sure um and a different type of violence in like the animal sort of cruelty of like all the big the big farms and then and but then how on purpose like society and the structures like remove you from seeing all that violence that you're involved in in terms of what you eat and this is there's plant analogies for this too um and that that the, the there's just for the sake of this is beyond metaphor because it's just a fractal process of the same thing of like as we become more in contact with like the inherent like 
I'm just going to use meat for an example, like that, like that there's, there's a violence and a suffering involved in that, in that process, as we actually, rather than blanking it off and being like, I'm just going to go to the grocery store and I'm going to get this thing that's on sale and not worry anything else about it and then consume it like that sort of level of disconnect where then you're participating in this, um, in this violence that then you get to be unconscious of if we become when we become more conscious of the the actual processes that we're involved in um there is a deep discomfort but the opportunity is like oh wow we can like make really different choices now because we're actually awake to what's happening um and um and so, so many like sort of, I don't, I'm not trying to like take any stance on meat right now, <laughs> right now we can, that's like a whole nother topic, but like so many examples of how in we're like, we're socialized in a way to not see the impact of what we do, to not see the suffering that's on the other end of that, to be using our electronics and and completely dissociate from the fact that like all these metals that make our electronics work are like harvested by people in the global south often children um and there's like all and causing all sorts of like um all sorts of health challenges and, and environmental destruction all these things and it's like nope we just get to be on our on our zoom meeting right now right like we're set up to really dissociate from the, the impact of all the things that we're doing. And it is uncomfortable to start to do that reckoning process. Of like, what am I participating in? Like, what, what am I actually participating in by like using my computer, right? Um, and all the things like, what am I participating in that's actually exploitation of other humans, other um, non-human beings, like um, all these ways that we're dissociated from the exploitation that we're participating in every day. Um, and it's so uncomfortable to start to look at that. And then the gift of that is like, oh, when we can see it, we can actually navigate this in a in a much more balanced way and in a much more honest way like there's freedom and liberation and at least like going through a reckoning process and being more honest and um and and saying okay a solution to this is not going to be um this is going to be multi-layered um like we're in a real conundrum here about how we switch these things um, but it's, it's like a real concrete example of like really starting to open up ourselves to this reckoning of, of all the exploitation that we're involved in, um, and, and how to be relational in that and have, be in community around that, um, and, and re really look at the deeper, deeper things that need to shift internally and externally to attend to, to all of this exploitation. We've been forced and coerced in ways we didn't even understand into doing things in such counterintuitive ways. 
that separated us from natural cycles of life energy. Um, it, we've, it's been made, the rules of the game have been made so hard that when we realize which rules of the game we, we need to adjust or, or let go of to, to build more respectful structures, um, it's like we get a lot of our energy back just because we're choosing to do things in more intuitive ways now instead of always working against ourselves because someone taught us to or someone abused us into a pattern we couldn't figure out how to extract ourselves from. Yeah. I think this is one of the things that I get curious about is in this this way over here, people are kind of aware of this exploitation -y thing happen and trying to do something about it. And this over here and this over here, but there's sort of these bigger frameworks to 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 really create a bigger map or web around this in a way that not only acknowledges the problem, um, but but really is more deeply tapped into a different way of doing things um, that has a lot more hopefulness rather than just the overwhelm of being like, oh shit. <laughs> um, and I feel like maybe that's the map or the web that we're trying to make more conscious. It's already there. Well, the, I mean, map and web being really appropriate words, because um, most of these situations, because of the violence we're describing, um, all of these situations have been isolated purposely to make it more difficult for them to get resourcing to present a, a, a competition to the reigning paradigm. Um, so, so if all of them are sort of separated from one another in hardship, and you have sort of pockets of more successful communities, um, but it's hard for them to connect with one another. When you focus on interstitial resourcing, which is a great part of what intuitive intensive is talking about and what an eight week workshop has to address, I mean, inherently for everything that we're talking about, how is this, this, um, this violent thing that happened over here, how is it related to this violent thing that happened over here? Like, we're like, where do we put our attention? happening to these people and these people and these people but if you if you create interstitial resourcing that that improves everyone's situations and you make sure that the locus of that activity is happening for communities in greatest hardship the way that it ripples outward is really amazing there's a reason it's been prevented intentionally <laughs> it's very effective and it can be very easy yeah i mean i interstitial resourcing is a very powerful word salad very nutritious <laughs> um and i'm wondering maybe it's just me because i like geek out on learning about interstitial types of things <laughs> um but for me those are like really fun like affirming life affirming like connected flowy maybe um like just there's a lot of wisdom in those words that i'm wondering if that's part of the doorway that 
maybe people maybe not just me would be really interested in as far as like the bent you know like brief words to describe some of the benefits of said workshops or whatever right is to like unpack what interstitial resourcing is a little bit and learning how to engage with it um in a way that um that really um provides a um yeah a more intentional like map or, or web for um for for all of this where we're not just mapping and webbing out like sort of what's wrong and like how everything is like how exploitation is linked to other exploitation other exploitation and all like fits together like that's important to be able to look at um and and bring a critical inquiry to the to like those processes but but perhaps perhaps more life affirming to um as we're attending to that more so really being at, attending to um this sort of emergent process of interstitial resourcing and and what what that currently means and what that what that could become and um really really kind of like purposefully mm, i guess like there's a bunch of i'm just going to use this language like there's we could talk about like these trances or these spells or these um in terms of um keeping exploitation um processes ongoing right like a, and it's like purposefully like breaking those trances breaking those spells or untangling those um those energy flows um because this other is um is truly truly much stronger um than all that um if um which is which is perhaps why it's squashed so quickly um, so when when we're trying to restore or, or recreate interstitial resourcing that that lets interstitial resourcing grow back in organic ways like how it needs to emergently like we sort of create intentional structures to help it like it's like gardening um and one of the first things is to be listening closely and respectfully to people who are having the most severe experiences because where they are being prevented from talking about what's going on for them they're being prevented from highlighting their intersections as connected to other survival intersections so there's this wealth of knowledge for each individual that once you're once you're really listening and learning together and, and being in relationship and ongoing communications, 
um, you find out that what happened to them is, is like inherently, and for like most people affected by the same thing, oh, it's, it's almost always connected to this thing. It's almost always connected to this thing. And here are some of these other things that can happen. And when you start to notice those and pay attention to them and map them out and prioritize in your communities that those things should not be able to happen the way they happen, um, you realize there are so many interconnections we had no idea of before at all. But when you know about them, you can create resourcing that easily moves along those pathways and prevents um, unnecessary violence from occurring. And like, uh, so much of the violence is unnecessary. What you were saying in terms of the interstitial and why and how we how it organically develops and all these things and the listening i feel like that whole thing like maybe word for word or just a um uh summary version of that feels like a very potent piece in terms of the why why sign up for this workshop thank you for saying intuitive intensive interstitia favorite subject yeah what's in the knowledge base is amazing what we're learning from one another is really really amazing so like i don't know how this happens going forward but something is happening something's about to happen because all the pieces are there waiting for like the right moment or something may it be mm -hmm. soon mm -hmm. yes 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 I think the more as a society we really attend to ableism, like a lot can shift. Um, it's huge. Cause that is part of what's like driving so, 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 so much of this. Um, and the disposability culture and all of that. and who gets, um, yeah, it's, I really, I feel like that piece in like finding accept, like language that brings people in around attending to, to like, just really being able to, to, to we like all need some neuroplasticity, uh, some like neuroplasticity work around ableism in various ways, whether it's like internalized ableism or externalized <laughs> or, or the combination, right? Um, like what, like really facilitating neuroplasticity around how we conceptualize. Um, worth um and yeah like who matters and all of that type of stuff and what matters um a really like a reworking of that whole construct and it's beyond like ableism that's beyond um that's not just embedded at speciesism right that's <laughs> connected to to the more than than human world and and what we what we what and who we say matters in terms of like those those most those messages that um are in con unconsciously encoded that is 
sometimes for many people they become co conscious and they're like oh that's not what <laughs> that's not okay with me <laughs> but they're so unconsciously encoded that we don't even realize that they're there in it to tune ourselves to to what matters that emerges from us being kind and respectful of one another we find out what matters rather than accepting it as a dictate from some mm -hmm. from some source that has complicated intentions um that, that that's marketing to us because they're making money doing it um that not showing up directly in our communities to be part of the experience of being a community in relationship together um, if, if that's not where it's coming from, if it's not coming from the emergent health of a community supporting one another, um, the, I'm, I'm not sure it's a really good what matters message, but when it's emerging from people helping one another, you, you can find out really amazing things about yourselves yeah. and one another by tuning into that. It's a super nourishing process.